Okay, quiet in the studio. Let's go. Here we go. Intro coming in three, two, one. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And this is your absolutely delicious, delightful, and delovely AbFab, a.k.a. Jonathan Starkey, your host of that wonderful digital pub called Cheshire Matters. And you're meant as to be you can, all those nice things to your Valentine, your lovely wife. Uh, yeah, well, you're yourself. here on Valentine's night as well, so shut up, Stevie. Yeah, you lovey, lovey, dovey, you. Here we go. Just say hello, Steve, uh, to the audience. Go ahead. Yes, good evening, gentlemen. Welcome to all our lovely listeners. It's Valentine's Day. Hope you have a lovely evening. And I'm just going to say. Happy Valentine's to Mrs. Ingram. Hope we're not going to be doing all this show forever and today. Listen to Mr. Stoggy and Rabbit on. It's Valentine's evening and we want to be having a bit of private time. Private time? Well, she's having some private time now while you're on here. And I've just had a text message that says she's highly delighted. I keep him as long as you want. Anyway, Trevor, say hello. AKA hello. the Gazelle. Say hello, sir. Hello. What's this with the monosyllabic hey. stuff? Hey, Steve, you want a pill? <laughs> a pill? <laughs> yeah, uh, paracetamoly means. Okay, Mark! I've got a headache. Mark, Mark. That's yeah. a usual joke with a dog with a hair lip. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark, say hello. I'm here. Hello, everyone. Oh, hello to all of your listeners as well. Yeah. By the way, I'd just like to say, as it is Valentine's night, Mark... He's single, he's looking for a girlfriend, struggling along because no, his <laughs> hobby is statistics. And I've told him if he finds a different hobby, it might help. So, yeah, so well, I, I don't know. I mean, the kind of statistics, statistics that he'd be interested in is 36, 24, 35, or 34. And those kind of statistics he's into. Anyway, anybody fitting those bills? Like that. You'd Anybody know. fitting those huge bills, <laughs> you know, then in that case, say, get in touch. Anyway, right, let's move on to the roundup. Hang on, you. Hang on. This isn't blind date, you know. We're going to get hit with copyright here, aren't we? Now, Mr. Stark, you're not very uh, good in this sort of area of uh, romance and things like this with the ladies. You dig holes for yourself. Did you get your lovely wife some flowers? I did, and she also got a wonderful Valentine's Day present. It was a mop. <laughs> was it a weekend away for just yourself? So she could oh, yeah, peace? got her that. Got her that. Jetting away to Paris for the weekend. No, just you, out of the way. No, 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 no. Jetting away to Paris for the weekend. Paris. Uh, yeah, Paris. Paris. Yeah. No. Paris, Texas. <laughs> One-way ticket baby let's move on to the roundup and we're going to go on with first story of the evening now does anybody think that this whole story about nicola bully and you know the woman that's gone missing does anybody really think that there's something wrong here because uh you know from the mail online uh there's a story there saying the truth is nothing makes sense because the police are extending the search for the missing woman to the sea after finding no evidence she fell into the river now i i, I don't know I've, I've just got this strange thing in the back of my mind that something doesn't fit i was talking to the gazelle about it before there are 
basically between 15 and 20 people goes missing every day in this country, just disappear. And yet, it's never the raven. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say it might be one day. (laughs) So, does anybody think it's strange? For many years to haunt you all, including. The authorities. Yes, indeed. Well, I, yeah, I've no doubt about that. You're haunting them now. <laughs> the word is out. Well, some legitimate issues to be raised. Indeed. But, I mean, does anybody think it's strange? I think it's very strange. I've said, as I said earlier on, why why did the police not cordon it off? They cordon every crime scene off. Hi. There's something every, wrong. Purely standard. Indeed. Did anybody see that story about the energy workers gloating from a £600-a-night Maldives resort as 100 agents are treated to an all-expenses-paid trip to the Paradise Island while millions suffer with soaring bills? Anybody see that one? Yeah, I did, actually. It's it's not really uh, the correct message to be putting out. Actually, it's, it's a little bit along the lines of... There were people complaining, apparently, about a daytime television program that was um, talking about, you know, they, they were showing people around billionaires' homes, allegedly, and this sort of thing. And people were saying, we really don't want to be seeing this display of opulence at a time of crisis for millions. So the messages going out really aren't sort of fitting people's struggles, are they? Let's nah. face it. Well, what about this? God could be non-gendered in Church of England services. What about that one? Jesus Christ. <laughs> get it there, get it man. there. Well, about that, Steve? To, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm sick to death of this, and I think the people of this country are. This this is now bordering on ridiculousness. Oh, it's ludicrous. To, totally it, it's, ludicrous. I'm sick to death. Our entire history and our entire ethos about what we believe in is now being re-engineered incorrectly, in my view, in many ways. Indeed, indeed. Um, to suit the narrative of a minority. Let's just remember that, a very small Oh, it's a minority. tiny minority. It's less than 0.2% yeah, of well, this I country's population. Well. Yeah, because I think, obviously, the Labour Party, the SNP are definitely doing it. Yeah. They're chasing every minority they can get to vote for them. Labour do it, do it. They've always done it, Labour. They, they go for any any minority. And now you've got the church doing it. The churches are empty. I know. I the know. Trying to fill it with anybody. Just a quickie before we go to Mark. The SNP are losing support in Scotland yeah, that, over this that. whole thing. Right? I saw they should. Indeed, indeed. Mark, go ahead. Isn't he called Our Father? Yep. Who art in heaven. So they're going to have to change a few things. Maybe it's going to be our parents who assigned our gender at birth. It's ridiculous. It, it is. It's absolute madness. I'm on the side of the, uh, the old-fashioned church people. I am without a shadow of a doubt. Anyway. You know, you've just got to mock this lunacy, haven't you? Because, to be honest, it's hysterical. It really Indeed. Is. It, 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 it is, Mark, if it wasn't for the fact that it's starting to infiltrate this right through our society and have an effect. It's wrong. No. You'll have to uh, ignore my uh, my ignorance on this, but it used to be. I'm sure it was the Father, the Ghost, and the Holy Spirit, was it? So now, in the name of the him. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we can't That's, have either of them. But now it's going to be He, She, and Them. Or if you're a Dave Allen, you would say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Toast. 
<laughs> and the other one he used Brilliant to say is, in the name of the Father and the Son, and now in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> when they were burying people. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I like it. What about MPs? Now, should they get a medal and a six-figure payout when they're voted out of office? Oh, that, that I know a... Steve is going to say something about this. Go on, Steve. Who were you referring to then? I they're, saying, was... they're saying in Parliament that MPs should get a medal of service and a six-figure payout when, well, in the Conservatives' case, not if, when they lose their seats at elections. Right, no, I, I think in a lot of cases, prosecutions would be likely, <laughs> and, a, a, and a trying for treason would suit most of them, to be quite frank. Uh, well, I'd gladly pay that for myself to get rid of Charlotte. All right, okay. So, you well, you do know that there are now uh, over 20 Conservative MPs that are now saying that they're not going to stand at the next election. Yes, and a few Labour ones. Um, and they're also, they're not going to sit either. Go ahead, Mark. Are we rewarding uh, incompetency again, are we? Oh, well, it's well, the theme of the country, it, really. It, it is, isn't it, Steve? What, uh, you know, it actually pays to be useless. Indeed. I wish you had one of their credit cards. Yeah. Oh, have you noticed how much spending that they've been doing? It's been noted in reports that have come out about how much they've spent on expenses, hotels, you name it. Go ahead, Mark. Who came up with giving them a medal? Are they, are they, are they, are they having a weed down our back and telling us it's raining? Uh, I'm sure this, they are, you know. They, they, I'm sure of it. A medal. Well, I know if it, what they should get, but... Uh, yeah, well, if it's down to Cheshire Matters... The only vodcast that's been going for so long in Cheshire, coming out of Cheshire, talking about all the things that people should be talking about, and not the things that the Raven is talking about, but doing so well that there is no other competition. Did you know that, chaps? So, I mean, we get a medal. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. We're on the same wavelength. Everybody in Cheshire Matters gets a medal, Can except a the Raven. Instead. He gets a new pen. Go ahead. Yeah, well, can I just say, actually, uh, as I said last week, there is a swathe of people who stood up for this country's tra tradition and its freedom and everything that it is for the past 10, 15, 20 years in various formats and who have su suffered nothing but abuse from the establishment. The Conservatives are failing to stand up for this country Labour will sell it down the river if they get in and start renegotiating, rejoin, because we can't make Brexit work. It's not the right thing. And they'll start rewording that. Um, I don't really see reform uh, hitting it off, to be quite honest with you. The Liberal Democrats, I think they're faded off into the sunset. And um, I don't really see that the political system as a whole is really doing anything for this country or its people anymore. So as far as I'm concerned, I've got no time for any of them anymore. So there is no hope at the moment politically in this country for the millions of people who need help. And the, when we really do need help, there are fears that Britain's armed forces are too small to combat Russia. Now I haven't heard that Russia is thinking of invading us, but that's another big story at the moment, that our forces have been run down to such an extent that they're not going to be able to defend us. Hey, John, we've, only got, we've only got 35 of them and they're driving ambulances. <laughs> Wait, we struggle against the Taliban? We should hire yeah. the Taliban. 
It doesn't matter. Even if our army was like it used to be, we still wouldn't beat Russia on our own. Like, seriously. <laughs> that was never going to happen, was it? Well, well, well. They're not the actually, other issue, though, is that we, we don't want to get... Come on, Steve. Through cultural Marxism and everything that's taking place in this country, we've become a nation of weak, woke feminized men in this country. I yeah, say yeah, many yeah. brackets. Now, I'm being a little bit serious. A nation should, should stand strong, not only in its forces, right, the Army, Navy, and the Air Force, etc., but also in the traditional idea. I may get slated for this. I really don't care because I'm on Jordan Peterson's side on this. And men need to be men. And men need to defend traditionalism, women, children and the nation and everything that's been put out through the education system and this woke nonsense has is doing nothing but completely weaken this nation and it gives that message out on the international stage yeah, yeah, yeah. i know i go with that i would say that that men have been forced into a corner where they are just simply too passive about things now um, That's we need the word, actually. I'll, I'll send you the link. There's a guy talking about that, about the passiveness of Western men right we now. Need, we it's, need it's completely unacceptable. We need to get a little bit more aggressive about these things because I would say that the men in charge are just weak phonies, to be honest with you. We're being ruled by donkeys, and we need some real men in there by actually the way, doing the business. Who are you calling weak? And if he says again, I'll kick your head in. <laughs> I, I'm I agree frightened. with you what you're saying, Jonathan, on this. And to be honest with you, you mentioned a key word there. I saw something where the guy was talking passive. about this. Uh, We're far passive. too passive. Now, it's not only about the, the leaders in this country. It's about the men. And there is too much going on in this country in terms of how our children are being educated. What's happening in this country regarding the absolute appalling illegal uh, immigration that's taking place, the cultural Well, I was just about to say... Just and, everything else. and I'm sorry, in terms of being passive, more so-called men in this country, I'm not just talking about what I was describing before, the weak, woke, feminised men of this country. Yep. I'm talking about ordinary men on the streets of this country who go to the pub, stand at the bar, give all their opinions. That's great. But do something. Start to stand up. Start to vocalise, and stop being passive. Stop being pathetic, and get off your backsides. Express yourselves, and start defending everything that is right and indeed, fit and proper. Indeed. Well, some of them did over in Liverpool because the asylum seekers over in Liverpool now that are in those hotels, they're too scared to go outside following an anti-refugee riot. Now, it wasn't because they're anti-refugee and it wasn't because they were racist as they've been labeled it's because the men in those hotels have been making approaches to young girls under the age of 16 over there and they have reported it they've made lots of different things but maybe we'll speak about that later on right what should we say now should we say that should nhs consultants charge hospitals through their private companies what about that one they are charging to bring down the waiting lists whilst they're operating on nhs premises what do you think about that one matter of time wasn't it it's a matter of time it's going to be privatized they're doing it there's an agenda 
there's an agenda. Oh, there's no doubt they about are it. They driving down these hospitals to privatise them. I don't care what you say. Yep. And Labour will do it. Yeah. And Labour will do it. Oh, well, there are people that are standing up and vocalising these these points. Very, very much so in Parliament. And they keep on getting shouted down. Go ahead, Mark. Well, at least we'll save hundreds of billions, won't we? Um, we can send that off to other countries as, as well then, can't we? And just waste that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay, you know, just like the ministries who were accused yeah. of wasting over $2.8 on management consultants. They're actually, instead of doing the job themselves... <laughs> They're, so, they're bringing in management consultants to actually think of the solutions for the political problems that we're facing. So it's like employing two people to do one job everywhere now because everyone needs a consultant. Oh, it's it's well, madness. Why, I tell you what, right, why not just don't employ the first person they employed and just employ the consultant? It's called well, passing the book and creating it, it, a chain of, indeed. Uh, of command where if anybody raises an issue when the, there's a problem, then it just it, it goes round and round yeah. and nobody's accountable. That's what it's really That's about. like saying the people they're employing are incompetent, which we already know, don't yeah, we? Well, we? We know that that's the case. I've never heard of this before. You have a manager, but you, why do you need someone to tell them what to... Oh, do you know what? It, it's well, it's madness. It really winds me up, yeah, I've heard it loads of time. In, um, friends of mine have actually done it. They've been working at for, for companies for years, years and years, years, they then make them redundant and take them on the following day as a consultant. Yeah. I, I personally know lots of people that that's happened to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, penultimate story before I come to a funny, right, which will be the end of the roundup. My favourite person, the guy that blocked me from going in front of the all-party parliamentary group from music to tell him a few home truths about the music industry... Tory MP, well, suspended Tory MP, David Warburton. He is now facing accusations of financial irregularities. All right. And literally, literally now, apart from all of the other things that he's been accused of, it's now financial irregularities. Now, remember now, this is the guy that actually attended the Brits during lockdown. You know, and he's been found by a parliamentary watchdog to have breached its code of conduct over a £150,000 loan. And it's also been claimed he received a secret £25,000 donation and submitted a fake statement to unlock a seven-figure mortgage application, according to the Sunday Times. So, wasn't this the right guy to have in charge of the APPG for music? especially with the music industry. I mean, because we all know how honest the music industry moguls are, don't we? Very honest, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Did you just bet? I'm sure you just mentioned mortgage fraud. Indeed, yeah. All right, I know a few people who... That's the allegation. Sent down for that. Well... For some time. So, on top of sexual misconduct, mm. which he's been accused of, we're talking about financial irregularities. So, well, let's just say it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, Okay. And as far as Boris, wouldn't you? So you know, get that you'd have got him some money, wouldn't it, Boris? Well, I've put it out to the intellectual property office. I've put out questions to them asking about whether or not they had meetings with this guy. And I want to know what those meetings were all about. And it's a chap called Chris Mills, okay, who's the head of the unit at the intellectual property office. And he knows that I'm now needling him and I'm beginning to close in on a few things. But I kind of got this funny feeling that they're not going to come back with any real facts. 
I think a lot of stuff's going to be redacted out, you know, but then I'm just going to cry foul. I'm going to, I'm going to do the raven. <laughs> cry foul, cry foul. Right. Okay. And a funny to end on the, of the, um, <laughs> the roundup. Round. You're going to, you're going <laughs> to love this, the roundup. McDonald's agree to take down Mick Crispy advertising billboard that was erected next to a sign for a local crematorium. <laughs> Check your dinner. <laughs> I mean, yes. it was in Cornwall. It was on a bus stop opposite the Penmount crematorium on a road in Truro, Cornwall. Who gave planet permission for us? <laughs> For an advertisement like that, you know, next to a crematorium sign, crematorium this way, McCrispy (laughs) Burger. I was just, I thought that was so, so funny. Can you imagine? So, uh, you know, how do you get to the crematorium? Well, you see this sign from McDonald's that says McCrispy. (laughs) 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 To the left of that, you know. Anyway, there you go. That's the whole roundup. And... We are going to go on to the national. Now, who's going to introduce this one? Because this is quite a controversial one. Do you want to introduce it, Mr. Stats, or do you want me? No, you fire away, and then I'll, I'll come in with some stuff. I've got plenty to say on this. Well, we're talking about the anti-immigration protests spread from Ireland now to Merseyside. Now, this is where the people are complaining about these refugees. Now, in Ireland, it's, it's bad. It is very, very bad, you know, and they're saying basically that they've got an immigration problem already. And almost a year after the refugees started to arrive from Ukraine, leaving state capacity buckled and local communities unnerved, two very different expressions of civic disorder have emerged. In one, migrants are housed in cubicle dorms, in office buildings, or even worse, in tents. In the other, grassroots anti-migrant protests are sweeping across the country, rallying around the slogan, Ireland is full. How about that, Mark? Go ahead. Yeah, this was inevitable, wasn't it? Yeah. I've been following this. for This has been going on for a few years now in Ireland. I've been watching a lot of the videos recently. I've been speaking to people over there as well. And they said recently it's escalated now. Well, I read that story, The Rise of Ireland's Anti-Migrant Protests by Peter Ryan, and I thought it was really, really interesting. Carry on, Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of bad things going on in Ireland, as you say, and the reason it's escalated, it's not because these some of these left-wing dribblers are saying, it's Suella Braverman and her invasion speech. No, I'm sorry, but it's really not. The fault of this lies at the feet of the migrants who are harassing sexually and sexually assaulting people, and the actual blame also lies at the authorities for facilitating this and letting it happen. Mm-hmm. Now, we've all seen, we've seen the videos They've been hanging around schools, parks, shops. They've been exposing themselves in the streets. They've been harassing girls, assaulting them. A lot of this is in broad daylight, you know. And we've seen a lot of these videos. I spoke to a lot of contacts. There's a lot of news reports, social media. If you listen to all this, you kind of you get a good idea of what's going on. Yeah. Because unlike the mainstream, who are just going to call them names straight away, aren't they? Racist. They're not going to look into this. No. We kind of look at every angle. We look at things for months and years and look at both sides of the arguments and all the facts. And you get a good idea what's going on. This lamestream media just calling everybody racist is not going to work. Well, I'll come back and touch that in a minute because I think Steve wants to jump yeah, in. Yeah, go on, Steve. Yeah, we warned about this, uh, many of us, years ago. And for doing so, we were actually branded, as Mark just described, 
a lot of people are now experiencing this horrendous vitriol of of being racist, uh, etc. And I'm sure there's one or two out there who use language and a tone and uh, express things which uh, may be interpreted and seen as that because you're always going to get the few. But let's face it, this country now um, has a problem and it's had a problem for years. Yep. And part of the issue, a big part of the issue of leaving the European Union was for a controlled immigration system which was dramatically reduced and only to suit skills, needs that need to be accommodated. Now, we warned about this, and we also warned that you would potentially, if it wasn't dealt with, start to see tensions rise in this country. And I'm sorry to say this, but they are now doing so. Right Now, this country has a serious problem because this is not an expression of some small groups out there that they like to call far-right. They're banding that out. Oh, yeah. Just, just to come in on, on that, you would think that that would be ripe territory for a far-right political group to come in. But in actual fact, it is working-class people who are actually making the protests. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, what you are seeing now is a widespread expression, like you say, Jonathan, of ordinary people all across this country. And these expressions and these tensions and these frustrations are building right across the country because in towns and cities everywhere, Hotels and various other properties are being taken over for uh, very expensive accommodation to be put in place at the taxpayer's expense for, let's face it, and let's just remind ourselves, illegal immigrants. People who come in here illegal, they're being funded to the hilt with accommodation that a lot of people can't even afford to take on holiday themselves. And also, the very fact that... A lot of people in this country are facing dire straits in terms yeah, of their own personal the finances to be able to struggle. And now they're seeing people turn up here being given literally everything in luxury accommodation, all their needs met, everything else. But just a key point before I finish, which is very important, which is this. One of the things that we said back in the day when we were involved, some of us, with UKIP, and we were campaigning on the independence issue was this which is that the issue of controlled immigration, right, was very serious for the following reasons. When people were coming into this country through the European issue of, you know, open borders, now we've got the same issue with illegal immigrants coming in at the moment, but the bottom line is, unless this issue is sorted, you don't know who is walking onto these shores in the following capacity, whether they're drug dealers. Yeah, they, they, there's no idea. Thieves, they have no idea. murderers, rapists, terrorists. You don't know who these people are. And now, if we've I got that this, same problem within our own police force, within the Metropolitan Police I Force. I agree more. Now, right? uh, compare it. The same thing. Exactly the same thing. And this comes back to a fundamental set of principles which are now defunct in this country. And I actually described to a Cheshire police office, officer um, only last week. And I said, you are failing in many ways like every other part of our society. And I described our current situation in this country as politically, socially, 
economically and morally and ethically bankrupt, which is where we're at. Indeed, indeed. Well, it's now moved to Liverpool. And if anybody wants to come in on that, because the people of Knowsley have said that they're not bigots. They're just anti-refugee protesters. But they've been condemned. Go ahead, Trevor. They're not bigots at all. They're like the rest of us. They're absolutely fed up. Yep, that's the truth. We're in a time of crisis here. Everybody's struggling. Certainly all the the working class is struggling. The the majority is struggling. There's no homeless in those hotels. It's all refugees. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Three meals a day and they're getting pocket money. All looked after, all getting pocket money. And, you know, I was surprised really because the average age of them all, the majority are males. That's right. Correct. You're not going to get away from that. You're not going to go out of it. No, that's true. The average age is about... 28, something like that, up to, I don't know, the 40s. They're all young. I'd say mid-30s, Trevor, as a guest, to be honest. Mid-30s, yeah. They're all all reasonably young men anyway. Yeah, true. It's an absolute recipe for disaster. Is it going to get any better? No. It's going to get worse. How are the government going to deal with it? You can't keep... There's another 2,000 already come in. We're not even at the end of February yet. 2,000 have come in this year, gone straight into God knows where. When is it going to end? How are they going to deal with it? Well, they're going to throw money at it, and part of that money is actually coming from the foreign aid budget, believe it or not. That's what's funding it. How well, about that? that? Because stop. it directly well, comes. All of that foreign aid budget now, I'm sorry, should stop. Absolutely stop it. Yeah, but it's not, it's not It's not. It's not the funding of it. Mm-hmm. It's, where are they going to keep putting them? It's an absolute tinderbox. I agree. Gonna, I agree. I agree. You know, all right, it's starting in Liverpool. It's not going to stop in Liverpool. I, and it's going to carry on. And I'm literally repeating myself because I'm absolutely fed up of hearing about this problem. Go ahead, Mark. It, it's going to carry on and it's going to get a lot worse. I mean, like, just go back to what Steve said. When we reported on this a few weeks back, the majority of the people coming across in dinghies to our country didn't have any ID. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now in Ireland, it was reported the other day that 40% of arrivals have no documents or fake documents. So how do we, we know could, what we're letting in? Exactly. We could see this coming a long time ago for a while now, and you might have seen me posting them. Every day or two, we're seeing reports of people who should not be in this country attacking assaulting, sexually yes. assaulting people in this country exactly on a daily or maybe everyday basis. And the reason it's not going to end is because you can't keep tarnishing all these people with the same brush. Yes, there was a few people from, you know, unsavory groups or people that the people I think are far right who have latched onto this, you know, for a bit of kudos and it's a bit, bit of a game. But in general, if you just look at these protests and listen to these people, these are just ordinary people. They are. I think, don't you think it's hilarious though now that how quickly... People are literally Hitler now. It's absolutely hilarious. I think the left, the far left, they're just obsessed. That's why they do it. The media, they've been lazy. It's an easy label for them. And the politicians have now joined in too, haven't they? Because they're, do you know, I thought some people were sheep. I actually think the politicians are the worst sheep. Oh, they, as soon yeah, as, yeah. as soon as the frustration erupts into any form of expression, which can be termed violent, that's when all the politicians come in and say, we condemn this. These people are far right. These people are racists for what they're doing. 
And I think the politicians can go shove it as far as I'm concerned. People are fed up. They don't condone theft, though, do they? No. They don't condone theft when they're thieving off us, because that's all they're doing. Indeed. With these credit cards. Or living high off the hog on those public credit cards. No. God, it drives me around the bend. Go ahead, Mark. The problem we've got here is now the politicians, and and it's come from the media, and now it's the politicians. Millions and millions of people are being labelled as far-right and extremists. I mean, in America, half the voting population, 70-odd million people, are now far-right racists. I know. Uh, what are they going to do? I, there, there is going to be an uproar in this country because you can start to see the boat slowly turning now. The what? silent majority yeah. are do starting they, to this turn. Is, this is how it is. This is how stupid some of these people on the left are, though. Because before they know it, inside their heads, they are going to be surrounded by Nazis. Yeah. And this and this is because of their false perception of reality. Yeah. So they've took a group who were literally in no position to influence anything. There's probably a handful of them. And they're just making them everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Honestly, they're all going to go mad in their own heads. Sick and tired of the and mainstream it's not media. This problem. It's just going to drive more, but I'll just finish, it's going to drive more people away. And as everybody said before, this is a time of a crisis in so many different areas. And to just keep slandering people and branding them in extreme, well, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Okay, maybe burning the police van wasn't the greatest thing, but these people are being ignored. Yeah. And the very people you vote in or vote out, it doesn't matter who they are. They're going to facilitate this. So what other outlet have they got? That's true. That's true. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to ask a question here. Um, Can we send an email to our new MP for Chester, Samantha Dixon, and ask her if she thinks hotels in Chester area housing, hell knows how many illegal... Migrants. Migrants is acceptable given the size of the housing waiting list in Chester. Can we do that? Yeah, we could do that. Well, no problem. Go ahead. I, I kind of already asked her because when I, when I interviewed her on the count, oh, no, it wasn't her, was it? We didn't interview her. No, sorry. Apologies. No. It was the conservative. It was yeah, a conservative the conservative lady. conservative candidate. I asked her for a figure on how many people we could take into the area and, and she didn't know. So I'm kind of guessing you'll get the same answer. Just keep taking them. Just keep bringing them in. Doesn't matter the consequences. Yeah, because I'd it doesn't like doesn't affect to them. To Samantha Dixon, it's very important. Okay, yeah, no, it's no, no problem. I can actually um, put a, an email through to the office. I mean, I don't think these people quite realise how much influence that Cheshire Matters is now getting within the region, okay, and beyond. Right. You know, they, they need to realise. They need to realise it, and I don't mind slating these people if they don't want to come on and fight their corner over certain things. I don't mind it at all because all we have to do is just dig. And when we well, dig, we get the facts. Remember, Jonathan, is this. We were, are all politically astute. We've been involved. We've had a big effect in many things. And we're all, as a collective, very, very influential. And that's a particular personal message to the Conservatives. Indeed. Well, that's, that, yeah, that, yeah. that's right. That. And I just want to clarify one thing as well, that we're not biased. No, nope. in any way whatsoever. We just don't I like sent, any politician. No, I sent Shalot a Valentine card today. You sent <laughs> you liar. I you like you send her a Valentine card. That Shalot got a Valentine card today, mate, and she's more welcome to it because I've got no bias. No, no, no. You got no bias. No. What we actually want is politicians to stand up for the people of this country and this country. 
Yes. And the people of this country are sick to death of these weak, pathetic politicians right across this country not doing that. Resurrect Oliver Cromwell. Let's get him back. Go ahead, Mark. Did you send your MP a Valentine's card, John? No. No, neither did I. I said, <laughs> not at and he's all. Not getting one either. Yeah. No. He wouldn't. He wouldn't open it for three months anyway. I <laughs> sent a lame one. That's the only person I'm oh, ever going to send one. Here to. we go. Okay, everybody, sick buckets out. <laughs> did she I send you one? Did. No, no. I think no. I think she's good because I sent her one as well. So that's two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, talking about the police and all the rest of it, let's move on to the local. And this is about the increase in the police preset. Mm. All right, now, who wants to move on this? Do you want me to set the scene? Uh, you you go with it, actually, because um, I've got to be honest with you, I'm going to get too riled by this because I'm, I'm currently uh, drafting a communication to John Dwyer, the Crime Commissioner. So... I'm going to just comment a few little points on this. So run with it, if you will. Okay. I'm absolutely appalled by what you're about to say. Well, Cheshire residents are going to see a 6.4% hike in the police precept after an attempt to veto the rise and replace it with a 5% increase failed. That means that residents living in a bandy property are going to see an extra £15 for the year added to the policing element of their council tax bill. Now, once it goes on, it's never coming off. It's never going to go down. It's only going to go up. And uh, let's see, what, what what did John Dwyer said? He said, there's been a vast improvement in the constabulary's performance over the past year. Right. I okay. dispute that entirely. Okay. Well, I will dispute it in a minute. Before. Well, the quote is that over the over the twelve months to the end of October twenty two, Cheshire Police had the highest charge rate for overall crime in the country, the highest charge rate for sexual offences in the country, the highest charge rate for violence with injury offences in the country, the third highest charge rate for vehicle offences in the country and the fourth highest charge rate for burglary offences in the country. Now, ah, that's a that's a pretty, pretty big claim. Who well, wants to come on there? versus successful prosecutions. Okay. Well, okay. That's the, the, the other thing. Go ahead, Mark. You want to come in on this? Yeah, it's all good and one, uh, go good and well, sorry, John saying that certain areas have improved while this precept keeps rising, but there's actually other areas where things aren't going so well. So I've looked at, when I say this correctly, His Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary and Fire and Rescue Services. Now, they have a statutory responsibility for the inspection of the police forces in England and Wales. Yeah. 2021-22, they uh, released a report called Peel, which is Police Effectiveness, Efficiency and Legitimacy Report. This was just started just after the time John got in. And it shows us the things that they aren't telling us so they assess 10 areas of Cheshire Police and they make judgments on nine of them. So nothing was outstanding. Three of the areas were good. Four were just ad- adequate and two required improvement. The two that required improvement were responding to the public, Steve. Yeah. Well, and, there we have it. And managing offenders. I'd say they were both pretty important. Now, the management of some registered sex offenders, as well as intelligence in cases of online indecent images of children, needs to improve. 
Apparently, there's backlogs of cases with indecent images of children. Hmm. Nice. I'll just go through a couple because it was 45 pages. They also need to improve on the time it takes to uh, respond to a crime. Only around one in five reported crimes that were, were reviewed by this were recorded in 24 hours, and that included rape. Only 25 of 41 rapes reviewed had been recorded within 24 hours. It also says the constabulary is not meeting demand for timely crime recording. There are gaps in accredited detective numbers, but the constabulary are making progress. And appropriate and effective supervision of investigation does not always take place. So although John wants to say it's rosy, he's he's cherry-picked things, I'm afraid. Okay, well, that's what a police and crime commissioner would do, because not only is it a job to balance... And I'm not defending anybody here, but it's balancing the interests of the police force against the political interests of the cost of implementing certain things. And the councillors, they're polarised. I mean, I'm going to bring Steve in momentarily, but you've got some people like um, Councillor Lynn Riley, who said for a long time, we saw some fairly atrocious performance from Cheshire Police with the constabulary languishing in the lower levels of performance but this had improved in a fairly short time with a new commissioner and chief constable. So obviously she's having a go at Dave Keane there from what was going on before. But, yeah, I picked that up. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, so, he's miles better than David Keane. Oh, but, I mean, just, I mean, just needs to, I'm just trying to be balanced here and, and give both sides because it's all going well. I'm saying stuff is good, but there is stuff that isn't good and, and we've been giving them more money and it's not fixed that. So is more money going to fix it? Well, here's, here's a plus. I mean, Councillor Wendy Maisie from uh, Warrington said... I've been in the unfortunate situation over the last 18 months where I've had to have, (laughs) where I've had to have complete wraparound care from Cheshire Police from the stalking protection unit. So uh, you've got two sides of things. And another, another co-opted panel member, Gemma Shepherd Etchells said, I'm concerned how this cost of living crisis may impact police demand in the future and therefore, we need to safeguard those services that the police provide. And he's saying that if he doesn't get, you know, if, if he doesn't get this 6.4%, then he said he's going to have to let go of 38 police staff, you know, include, including PCSOs. Go ahead, Steve. No, I'm sorry. I, I, this is highly questionable. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to take a very good look and thank Mark for bringing in that report into this tonight because I'm going to take a very detailed look at that myself. That's very interesting to say the least. Uh, Somebody in the article, if I remember rightly, points out that everybody else has to tighten their belts. Now, in terms of prioritising politically how the uh, police uh, deal with things, I'm just going to remind people that the police's duty is twofold, in short, which is, first of all, to protect life and, secondly, to protect property. In short, that is their responsibility to uphold the law. Mm-hmm. Now, that... Try telling that to a Met police officer. Well, to be quite frank, you know, our, our system is falling apart in its entirety. In and it's view. not the only police force with those kind of problems. No, it isn't. But the, the, the problem we've got here is, you know, uh, simply as Mark said, calling out for more money from a highly stretched public um, is not the answer. And money simply thrown at things like the NHS is not always the straightforward answer to things. That They have to basically acknowledge that they've got to make cutbacks themselves in the right areas. I mean, we've been promised more police and everything else. You know, wh- why is it? 
you know, this is another add-on tax. It's 6.4% on, on their precept. It's unacceptable. And to be quite honest with you, you know, it's all right, John Dwyer simply saying, well, we've got no choice. We need to do this and this. We, we, we need to be able to access funding for increased costs and things like that. But where is the evidence that they've made attempts to reduce costs to start with? And, and also... This issue is is like anything else. Everybody wants their little bit extra. Yep. But the public are hearing this message time and time again on the council tax as a whole, other taxes, the costs, car parking costs. It's on and on and on. And everybody says, we just need this little bit extra. Well, it isn't. It's part of a wider set of strain, extraneous costs to the public, left, right and centre. And I'm sorry, well, I see this as a dramatic failure All right, by okay. Cheshire Police. Okay. And I don't accept John Dwyer's explanation of this. I think it's appalling. And by the way, if Mr. John Dwyer wants to explain the waiting times to various people in communities that I've been speaking to when they're trying to ring the police, he might want to do so because it's appalling. I think when somebody's waiting 15, 20 or 25 minutes on the phone, um, it's appalling. That was one of the promises, if I remember remember correctly, was going to be addressed. Okay. That was something the report says they need to improve on as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, another thing that came out from that, if I'm, I'm going to go to Trevor on this, uh, on this now. The other thing that came out was he said that if he only got 5%, then basically he would have to let go of 38 officers. So what you gather for that, is that 1.4% actually pays for 38 officers. Now, that needs to be understood and the whole of the budget broken down. But anyway, there we go. Trevor, go ahead. Round this off, Trevor, before you start making us happy. I was just going to raise that point. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. No, no, it's okay. He's falling into the Lee Sanande Hall of Lies, isn't it? Because it seems very, very convenient that he just threw in this 1.4% that he's got all these calculations of 38. Yeah, he'd have to let go of 38 officers if he only got a 5% increase. Anyway, now, here's something nice and novel. How about this? Let's try this for a a start. eh? Like, Stats just came up with them with all these statistics of, uh, uh, you know, Cheshire crime this and Cheshire crime that. Mm -hmm. Well, how about... We start to prioritise the crimes, if we may. Okay. So let's say paedophilia at the top. Yeah. That's protect, what I'd put at the top. Protect the, protect the most vulnerable, the children. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what we've been saying for a while. Murders, paedophilia, and then instead of all this media surveillance. Oh, just up, get rid of that woke rubbish. Somebody upsetting somebody. Stop it. Let's deal with the issues. Let's deal with the real the issues. The burglar, the paedophilia, everything, assault, all the lot, and the rest of it, all this pussyfooting around with, oh, you've upset me, you've upset me. Of course. The hate course crimes. But these these media, we should be passing laws on this so that these media polices itself. Well, I think. I think Not s- our police service, not putting up 6.4% so they can sit in their office on a flaming computer all day long. Suella Braverman people. did mention it. It was one of the only good things that she actually came out with, said they should be actually getting on with the proper job of policing rather well, than well, getting involved in all the alphabet crews and the, you know, the, the world. Oh, go rainbow ahead, Mark. Flags and rainbow. Yeah. 
uh, cars and things like that. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. It's funny you should mention that because it's not all bad. They've actually, the uh, Cheshire Police have actually received national recognition for its inclusive workspace because they've increased the number of ethnic minority background officers to reflect the communities in Cheshire. Right. It's going well. They reflect the communities. <laughs> I mean, there, there's less than, than 1%. That's it. And if it's disproportionate to the overall breakdown and they've got, they've got more black people, then what is it? You know, are we going to be seeing more black people turn up on your door, just like on the TV stations? You know, it, I mean, I don't even know if there's a white family on TV now because all the adverts show black people. And I, I just, and I'm, not, I'm not a racist at all. I mean, people know my background. They know where I was born. You know, and I, I just don't know. I mean, I, is there, is there a, a, you know, a white family? You know, on TV. I think if police forces generally across the United Kingdom spent less time and certainly a lot of money on all this political campaigning and this political correctness and, and all this kind of thing, perhaps we would actually get more issues resolved. Indeed. Go ahead, Mark. You want to finish it off? Oh, what I was going to say, though, uh, yeah, this, this is just the national left-wing diversity quota. This has actually got nothing to do with solving cr- crime, preventing crime. It's the Be Kind crew and the... It's just again, it's a massive distraction. It's too much. It's too much. Anyway, just, just can people just solve crimes no matter what they look like? I don't really care. Let's let's just Politics. close that off. Politics, please, whatever you want. Mm. Stop yeah. it. Get on with your job. Get on with the job. Correct. Well, here's my job. I'm calling time on certain things, and I'm telling Trevor, come on, brighten us up. Give us something from the. From the Raven Looney Party, if you've got something or give yeah, us something. Yeah, I've just got a little, I've got a little one here from Raven Looney's. Oh, you've got a little one, have you? All I've right, okay. I've got a little one, yeah, so and I'm heard. proud of it. Yeah. I am proud. Rumours are rife. Go ahead, sir. They are not, not rumours. Anyway, <laughs> so when we, when we get into power, which will be coming pretty soon, I'll let you I know. Should imagine, I will. should imagine, it's coming up. Everybody's on election alert. I'm telling, I'm telling you, you now. We're all on election alert. So when we get the power, we will be. You got the power. All computers will carry a hazard warning sign saying, please do not forget to open your window before you throw this computer out of it. (laughs) (laughs) And I can fully recognize that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So, So we take it from that that you are a little bit frustrated with your information technology at present, sir. Yes. As I was saying the other day, I tried to send off five letters and they wouldn't go. I remember a demolition expert and I was sat, uh, it was in Ireland and it was, his name was Joe Strawbridge. And the truth of the matter was that he was a demolition man. You know, he's a bit like a Fred Dibner and the, he used to be the Fred Dibner of Ireland. And uh, his sons told me a story and they were outside having lunch. And because it was at the time of the troubles, Everybody was worried about explosives. I mean, for serious, they were worried because they also worked on taking down police stations as well. well so are we right now. I think yeah. Joe has gone to the bathroom. <laughs> anyway, the three sons were actually outside having their lunch break. And then the next minute, they just heard this massive clatter. And it sounded to them like there was something going off. Okay. And they looked down. And then they looked up, they saw their father from a window high up, you know, in these buildings. And it was a fax machine. <laughs> he threw out a fax <laughs> machine. And they said, Jesus, he said, 
it sounded it sounded something something much worse. He said, you know, we all dived because we thought it was something going off like a bomb, right? And fax said, machine. You're showing your a fax here. machine. I know. This is this is a long time ago, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they shouted up to him. Well, you you can imagine it's, it was it wasn't going to be very polite language at all. They shouted up to him. And they said, "Da da, what the are you doing?" He said. Shut up! I'm trying to send a fax. <laughs> Was he sending it downstairs? <laughs> he couldn't. He couldn't get the fax to work. So he, he picked it up and he threw it out of the window. And he didn't realize that they were outside. And he only just missed them by so 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 much and they were just sitting there innocently eating their sandwiches at lunch and they thought it was a bomb <laughs> that he got off and he said i can fully sympathize with that shut up up he said i'm trying to send a fax <laughs> anyway there's a little story go ahead trevor any anything else yeah just a quick quote just to finish off i went to see my doctor today to see why i've got such an excessive fear of snakes Right. He said, don't worry, it's only reptile dysfunction. <laughs> yeah, thought I'd leave you with that one. Is it a python? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, very good. All right, has anybody got any other things before Steve goes to the bar? Go on. I've, uh, can I I'm not going to the bar again. I'm not going to the bar. You never go to the bar. We always have to actually run your tab up. Go ahead, Mark. Mm. I'm, I'm going to sneak in a double shout-out and shout-down. So, me shout-out, and it's good luck as well to Dr. Mohammed. Well, well if I was going to have to, it'd be all now, now, be all three, you, Right, come on, pipe down. <laughs> right, so my shout-out, and it's good luck to Mohammed Adil. And he starts a case this week, I think it's tomorrow, or when this goes out, it could have been yesterday. But anyway, after uh, he's had an impeccable record as a doctor for 30 years, but he got struck off. Well, he had his license suspended. So he's actually taken the GMC and the medical establishment to the Royal Court of Justice. So he's going to be uh, having a pop at them to try and get his license back. Yeah, probably in the um, pursuit of free speech and the violations, what happened and all. What's the detail? And What's stuff, the deets? So. Is he. Again, sorry. Is, what, did he not um, give somebody their proper pronoun or something like that? No, he spoke out about all the, the COVID tyranny. He was warning people right from the beginning. He put videos out on YouTube and he literally just suspended his license. So now he's in the Royal Court of Justice and he's getting them on human rights and all kinds. So they're a law unto themselves. Yeah. And yeah, my sh- and, and that's a shout out. And my, other, my next shout is a shout down and it's to the aliens because I actually <laughs> thought they'd come to save us from these globalist lunatics. But it seems like they don't live up to the reputation, do they, in the movies and the films? Did anybody that did oh, who saw that? Was, no. <laughs> who <laughs> saw that thing? Alien versus Predator. <laughs> it was an alien looking up at Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, just... Sleepy yeah. Joe. Yeah, it oh. never happened, did it? Oh, anyway. So yeah, shout down to the aliens. Okay. I would have expected more from them, to be honest. They're not real, Mark. They're not real. They are. That's kind of the joke, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I see aliens everywhere. <laughs> Mostly oh, around just... Parliament. I thought they were all about disinformation. God, they've, they've literally outdone themselves here, haven't they? They can um, never have a pop at anyone now for disinformation. Well, disinformation. I fully believe in them. And I'd say to Steve, uh, explain crop circles. Yeah, explain that. Yeah, go on. Go yeah, on. Steve, go on. Hey, calling me weak. Go yeah, 
Yeah. It's just, uh, it's people, just a, a bloke with a plank and a piece of string. It's all been worked out. Oh, it's a plank, is it? Oh, it's calling you a plank, Gazelle. Plank, plank You're a bit of a plank. Oh, right. Hey, we could have we could have a feature now called Plank of the Week. Okay, so you're, are you making you're making the gazelle plank of the week. That's this disgusting. Week, yes. I wouldn't stand for that, gazelle. I tell well, you, he's already called me weak twice. <laughs> Is that a new sh- section for the show? Right, that's it. Next week, plank yeah. of the week. Plank of the week. Well, we, can't, we can't do that. It's on talk TV. We can't do plank. Who is it? Um, no, they nicked it from us anyway. Well, well, yeah, they, well. they, they copied us. I, I got that straight away. Yeah, ours was, no, ours was they did a section with uh, oh, it's fantastic. I've got to tell you. Last week with uh, the independent um, uh, island, or whatever is it now, the independent, whatever, of Mike Graham anyway. So he's on this panel and he sat there talking to four of them and this balloon <laughs> come over his head. <laughs> this big balloon on a stick and it come over his head in the studio and they were all, they were all laughing and he, his balloon kept hitting him on the head like that. This is mimicking so he, the so Chinese. All of it and he stabbed it with his pen and popped it. Wow, he was quicker than Joe Biden then, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Indeed. I mean, I found that very, very funny. But he does a section called Plank of the Week, which yeah, does, obviously, it's obvious where they got that from. Indeed. Well, we got quite a few planks there, about 640-odd of them in Parliament, and we need to do something about it now, and we're going to make sure that we start highlighting more and more as we come to the election. So, yeah, anyway. 6.30 next time round. Don't forget, it's been reduced. Mm. I tell you what, we just put 30p Lee in charge, whatever his name is. He'll That's the guy. Out, he? He'll sort he it out. Him, and he? he can sort uh, out... Oh, 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 stop, 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 stop one second. We're rabbiting on here for ages here. I did say at the start, it's Valentine's night. I don't oh, want to be yeah. hanging around here listening to you a lot anymore. I'm just... Muted. Okay. That's right then, Steve. Well, right, you can so go now. You can leave whenever you like. You can leave whenever you like. <laughs> I am going to give a shout-out, a fabulous shout-out to the lovely Mrs. Ingram. And uh, the, the reason is, wait, wait, the reason is, it's Valentine's night, and secondly, on Saturday, the 18th, is the day we met for the first time 40 years ago. So on Saturday, we've actually been together 40 years. Does she go and like I this, Go. Oh, Never gosh. mind the MPs getting medals. Elaine should get, Elaine should get a medal. She's fabulous. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Say goodnight, Steve. Hang on. Hang on. I've just seen Elaine walking past you at the back. She's gone through the front door. What's that say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead, Mark. Say goodnight. I'm trying to get him to say goodnight. Come on. Right, well, good night, everyone. Say goodnight, Gazelle. Ta-da. Ta-da. Uh, Steve, you already said goodnight. And I'm going to say, thank oh, God oh, oh, that good. is I'm all over. No, you're night. finished. I'm you're out of here. Go to your wife. Go on. Go on, Mr. Lovey-Dovey. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> good night, everybody. Take it easy. We'll see you next time. I'm well, off. we won't see you next time. We'll, you'll hear us next time. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> Steve. Hey, can we get the aliens on next week as a guest? Swap them for Steve. He's gone. <laughs> I've been replaced by the alien. He's gone. Uh, he's gone to check to make sure that it what that Elaine hasn't gone out. <laughs> yeah, that frightened him, didn't it? <laughs> it did. <laughs> oh.